0: listening to Enhancing Human Experience podcast, episode 101. My guest today is Ronnie Katcham. Now, Ronnie and I have been acquaintances for a while now, and I recently found out that she published a book in late 2018 titled, From Grief to Gratitude, Random, Raw, and Real. So obviously, I had to chat with her about it and get the backstory on the book. I've read it. It's really awesome. She is really great at making you feel like you're right along with her as she goes through these uh, trials and tribulations and journey of self discovery and journey of uh, becoming a better receiver, um, being a better allower, and all of the things that eventually we all have to go through at some point in time, right? To have better experiences and, you know, be more open and. To really kind of level up our experience in life. So, I invited her to be a guest on the podcast today and share her journey and her experience. And we talk about the book, we talk about um, healing, we talk about grief and gratitude. And she has a lot of tools in her own uh, tool bag that I think will be really beneficial to you on your journey. I know that I learned some things um, reading her book that ha- are going to be beneficial moving forward and give better insight into like, um, enhancing experience. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this interview and without further ado, let's get into it. Ronnie, thanks for coming by and hanging out with me today.
1: Thanks for having me, Mark.
0: Awesome. (laughs) So you and I, we've met a couple different times and, um, this most recent time I found out that you wrote a book, which I love the title from grief to gratitude. And, I read it; it's really great, and it's just you know that the title is fitting, like a raw, random. You really shared a lot of yourself. Tell us about how you came up with the title. What's the impetus for that?
1: (laughs) Thank you. Um, And it's funny; I had to laugh because I'm a. the, The whole process of writing this book has been a story, and overcoming has been my theme for the past few years, but. I typically in the past was very, very analytical and thought a lot of things through. And when I got this book, when I decided to publish it, I was kind of in a time constraint and I wanted to get it out. And so I just did it. I just thought, hmm, what am I going to call it? And the raw, random and real, that's pretty much just who I am. That's sort of my tagline for, um... I, it's, it's easier for me. It's easier for me just to be me and not worry about who I'm trying to be because for so many years I tried to be who I thought. So, um, from grief to gratitude though, um, it was because gratitude is truly what pulled me out of it. I, in, um, shortly before, um, My husband passed away. I was at a talk, and there was this woman who talked about how she had been through a very, very traumatic situation, and she had a gift up on the podium, and she talked about how what she had been through was a gift and how everything was a gift and how to find the gratitude in that. And I had no idea that one month later that gift would be for me. Mm. And being able to have gratitude,
0: It's everything, isn't it? It's
1: absolutely everything. Yeah,
0: that's why I love it. I mean, it just hits on every single. It's the, it's the common thing that we all come back to. That's why I love the title and the whole theme of the book. Thanks. Um, so so, and and you did you do share in a really like open way you know, you're writing and you, you people, I felt like I was right with you there going through this stuff with you. And that's one thing I want to chat about is, um, I imagine there was a lot of like release and letting go of stuff because it seems like you're putting it all on paper. You're not holding, I didn't feel like you held anything back. Like I felt it was a real open glimpse into your life and that takes a little bit of courage, right? I mean, talk about that experience and how that helped you. It, you know, go it, through it.
1: Okay. It did take a lot of courage. And in the very beginning, um, the it, it began as my blog. And basically my book is compiled of my blog entries. And I started blogging because after my husband passed away, um, I didn't know what to do. And uh, my daughter was um, in the throes of her heroin addiction. And so I really felt alone. I had a lot of people around me, but I also was in a pattern of not asking and not receiving their help and feeling like I'd have everything all together because that was one of my patterns. So I was lost and I didn't know what else else to do. So I put it to paper and when actually I put it to electronic media, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) but I, um, it was, it was my way of getting things out that I wanted to say, but I didn't know who to say them to. And I did it anonymously in the beginning. I, so,
0: so did you publish like you were, it was on the net as an anonymous, your name wasn't attached to it, and I saw that. Exactly. Okay. It was
1: it was out on a WordPress blog. Um, I think it was Radiant Dragon Lover, or something mm. totally not even me. And I shared a few of the the blog posts with individual people. That I almost like this is what I wanted to say to you, but I really couldn't. Or this is what I wanted to say to my mom, but I really couldn't. Or I felt like I could not, and so that's how it started. It was that's why it it I was able to be so so real and just so raw, and that's and that was my way of getting it out there. And it also showed me the power mm-hmm. of blogging or writing to get through things.
0: Had you been a journaler prior to that or not so much?
1: Not so much.
0: I mean, it, reading it, it just seemed like you, because I'm a big fan of the power of journaling. I, I I, don't do it as much as I should, but when I do, it opens that channel. And reading it, I got a just a sense that you, you know, had a really clear channel and were like letting it all, there was no like nothing holding back. And maybe that's due to the fact that you were anonymous. I think that can help us when we don't, when we know that we're still letting it out there and like slaying that dragon in the real world, but not, no one can, can, um, can trace it back to us. We feel, do you feel that helped you be a lot more open?
1: Oh yeah. I was able to say whatever I wanted to say and get out how I really felt. And that also helped because it allowed me as I'm writing it, there were many times I would write it and it would be like, wow, I didn't know that was coming out. So things that I'd even hidden from myself, they come out when you just start letting them come out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's what came through. And I, that's one of the things that I definitely, you know, I'm glad you shared with us because I think that that can help a lot of people get past these emotional things that we need to let go of. Right. So you started it after your husband passed. Yes. Yes. And your daughter went through something of her own right at that same time. You had these, like, things going on. And then you start your blog and you start sharing these, this message or these, these um, journal entries, essentially, right?
1: Yeah. Um, The first, so for the first part, the first year um, after my husband died, I pretty much lived in a fog. Um, With everything that was going on with my daughter, um, I would... (laughs) I found pajamas that looked like clothes so that I could just stay in my pajamas all day long.
0: You know what? I think that's common, right? Yeah, it is. Your life was totally tipped upside down.
1: Completely. Completely tipped upside down. I had left my corporate job a few years before. Well, I left it in 2013 in August and my husband passed away in February of 2015. So I... I had tied myself, my identity to being a wife, a mom, and mostly what I did as my job. So I'd let my identity go and then my family fell apart. And so I was like <laughs> lost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um And, and I read, you know, you mentioned that a lot of your identity was tied with your husband too. And so when, you know, not only, you know, with the job, which we identify with our jobs and when he passes away, that's like a double whammy, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. I was, I didn't realize it until after, after my husband passed away, I started realizing it and really what happened. But then I started focusing on my daughter. I became, I was codependent. Redirected it kind of. I didn't even know what that word meant. I'd been told by my sister that when I, when I finally told her I I'm codependent, she was like, what? You said that word? Are you kidding me? You're finally, finally seeing it because I was codependent for so many years. So she
0: saw it, but you didn't oh, see she it. Oh, she saw
1: it. Yeah. I didn't see it. And now I can see it in so many other people, which it's, it's a gift because I have some friends and family members that, you know, we play codependent ping pong. It's like, I'll tell you what what I see, and then I realize that I'm talking to myself, mm-hmm. and so. But I, I, I turned it on my daughter, and then when my daughter got arrested, and went to jail, and then it was just me, and I had to look at me. So you had
0: no nowhere, nowhere else to direct nowhere it. Nowhere else so to direct it. How did that process go? I mean,
1: it was, it was really enlightening, and I had been doing a lot of work. I started doing some work in about 2012. Prior to 2012, I didn't even know how to meditate. I was in a spiritual, I was wandering through the desert for many, many, many years spiritually. And in 2012, I started, I learned how to meditate which really is breathing.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and, just calming the mind, yes. right?
1: And I started taking a bunch of classes and learning about a lot of other things. But I was still so entrenched in that negative environment that it was hard for me to fully embrace everything that I was learning. So once I realized that it was just me, I was able to finally go back into that and realize and... Um, find myself.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Well, you know, that the we all need those types of tools, right? Cuz we're all on the same journey, yep. you know, where eventually we, we come face to face with ourselves and there's nowhere to hide and there's you know, you got to like work through the garbage that you've collected or how or, or like locked away. Um that's why I think. I mean, eventually we have to all do that. And so, you know, like you said when your husband passed and your daughter went away, you had to go through it, start start chunking through it.
1: Yeah. I had a hashtag finding Ronnie (laughs) on a lot of the things that I was doing for a while because that's really what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I was finding myself. And it's really interesting because a few years before I had told someone that, you know, I want to, I want to get a message out. I want to be a speaker. I want to motivate and empower people, but I don't think I have a story behind it because everybody that I had heard talk had this amazing story of overcoming. And I honestly felt like I had a fairy tale life. I realized after the fact that my fairy tale had a lot of dragons in it. And I thought I didn't have a story. And so as I found myself, part of me would go back and go, wow, how did I get through that? Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know. And what that has done has made me realize that we all have a story and we've all been through so much and we all need to find ourselves.
0: Yeah, it's it's true. That's why I say, I mean, you know, when people share their story like you did and you let us go along on that journey with you, um, I think that's helpful for all of us because I think we tend to keep so much of that in the closet and big kudos to you for sharing that because obviously reading some some of that stuff was probably difficult to share. I mean, and big kudos for having the, the one, the determination to get through it and actually put that down on paper and, you know, put that out there because it really was helpful. You know, you, you see yourself in other people and you see like, you know, I admire. So big, I admire you for doing that. It's huge.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That, that really, it, it helps me to keep on going because there's so much more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So to that point, let's talk about, um, let, let me see what I got here. Um, let's talk about what you're currently like you doing. So the book came out in near the middle to end of 2018 and end of 2018. Yeah. October. Available on Amazon and I'll put, of course, put links to it um, in the show notes beneath this post and also on YouTube. Um, What, what's, how are you kind of like transitioning from the book and what's, what's coming up next in the pipeline for you?
1: Well, thank you. I'm working on, um, I've got several other book ideas that I'm working on. Uh, The one, the main one right now is um, about authenticity because in finding my true self and being my true self, it's been so freeing. I had people, um, I do a lot of like Facebook live videos and um, I started a channel in the beginning called uh, Ronnie Live Random and Raw because I have a tendency to ramble Mm. and I didn't know what it was I was going to talk about and I didn't want to blow up my normal Facebook page. And since then I've, I've really come back and now I just do that on my Facebook page. I'm not so worried about who I'm offending, who I'm, you know, if people need to see it, they're going to see it. If they, and, and a lot of people like it because when I stop doing it, they'll ask me where, where's it at? Right. So I, um, totally lost my train of thought there
0: well so it sounds like you 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 have a Facebook page uh, rolling and you said oh do, the do authenticity ha- yeah. yeah so authenticity is your, your your thing you're working on now that's your what I'm working
1: on now because I was told when I started doing some of my Facebook lives people would ask me why would you put that out there why would I put out that I'd done this stupid thing like put kitty litter all over my backyard to soak up dog poop I mean it doesn't mm-hmm. work <laughs> mm-hmm. but why would I put something that out there that made me look like I don't have it all together hmm. because none of us have it all right, together. And that's my, when I can actually be me and be real, that's when I feel like I have the biggest impact on people. I, I agree because we're all real and we're all hiding and we're all trying to be what it is that we think other people want us to be. When we, if we would just, find ourselves and be ourselves, we would find that I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. So the people that are meant to be in our vibrational sphere are going to be attracted to us and they're going to be there as long as we be ourselves.
0: Yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, it, it, in business, in life, in all of it, when we start broadcasting that true signal, that authentic signal, the people that are supposed to tune in or want to tune in, tune in. Yeah. It's, it's so true, Ronnie. And that's why I say I think that is a gift to be able to do that because one of the things that I see in our world, you know, we're we're socially conditioned to be a certain way, act a certain way. We, I feel, we have uh, difficulty, speaking of myself included, of sharing our authentic self, right? And that's when life starts to really get good. Yeah, yeah. As you've discovered and are discovering, um, that's when the juicy part starts. That's when the juiciest <laughs> parts because you know, you know, I've read so many things. I'm a I'm big into branding. I love branding and marketing and these branders, they say, hey, you know, even, even personal life or business, as soon as you start being, showing up in yourself, as yourself and who you want to be and all that stuff, the right clients come, the right mate comes, all of this stuff happens and it's like, you know, why didn't I think of that, right? It's the, it's the last thing we do.
1: It's because we don't need to think of that. We just need to allow it to happen. Yeah, And that's, that's, that's what I'm working on now. So I have my, um, I have my Facebook page where I do a lot of stuff. I I would like to branch out. One of my goals um, is to have a live streaming show. And I'm still trying to figure out the hows of that. And I think that's another thing that I'm just gonna jump into. And 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 to back up a little bit with my book, what I found in, in publishing my book and talking to some of my friends. I self-published it. Okay. And I did that because I was working on one for my father and I wanted to get it published before he passed away, which he passed away in November. And so I, that didn't happen. Hasn't happened yet, but I promised him I would and I still will. So, but in doing the self-publishing, I know it's not for everybody. Um, some people really need, some people, it's not for everybody, But for a lot of people, there's a big block that they're not putting their books out there because they don't have the $5,000 to get their book published Mm -hmm. or whatever it's going to cost. So in telling people I published my book, some of them are like, how did you do it? And I'm like, well, I just put it out on Amazon. And how much did it cost? Well, it was free. And Mm -hmm. so showing people that there are ways around. We can all get get to where we want to go. Sometimes we just have to take a little bit different route than we think is there. So... That's one of the things I like to share with people and I think I'm just, this happens a lot with me. Things come out as I talk and with the show that I want to do, you know, perhaps being able to show people how you can do it without having all of the equipment, without having, without being ready, just do it. I have a friend who wrote a book that, um, that Jonna Johnson wrote a book called Just Jump. Mm -hmm. I've known Jonna for years. I've got her book. haven't read it yet, but I think I get it now. (laughs)
0: I, I can kind of imagine what it's about. It's yeah. a great title as well. Yeah. Yeah. So so the live stream, and, and to your point, you know, we we live in an amazing time right now. I'm a big fan of the self-publishing world. I'm a big, you know, the barriers of entry are down. Yes. You know, you can do it. It can become a part of your, you know, like portfolio. So yeah, that would be a great, uh, you know, topic to go through. Lots of great stuff, I think, wants to come through you. And, and like I say, the right people will tune in. Um, so the live Streaming video potentially is in the work, live mm-hmm. streaming series coming in the work. Um, now, do you have a separate Facebook page, by the way, or do you do things on your personal Facebook page? Your, your business, I do everything
1: business. on my personal Facebook okay. page because okay. I figure that I am my brand. And even when I was doing another business, I would refer those people to my personal Facebook page because my feeling is, Take a look at it. See who I am. Because mm-hmm. if what who I am doesn't resonate with you, then I'm not your person for this other business. Perfect, yeah. So everything is on my personal um, Facebook page. I do have a YouTube channel. And um,
0: and I'll link to that. Okay. If you, you share it with me after the podcast, I'll put that in there.
1: Right now, most of the things that are on, what I'll do is I'll take my Facebook Lives and I'll put pop them up onto my YouTube channel mm-hmm. so that I can save them. I'm still figuring out YouTube.
0: <laughs> it's all these two platforms are, they have their own little uh, quirks and intricacies, don't they?
1: Yes, they do. And I have a webpage.
0: I saw that. And I'm uh, going to link to that. That's Ronnie Ketchum. Ronnie
1: Ketchum. Com. Dot com.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's another one of my, you know what? I'm just going to figure out how to do this by myself. I was, I had a friend who um, had a, Web page, and it was through WordPress and he had hired somebody to do some work on it and they had kind of dropped the ball. So I was like, well, let me see what I can do for you. And so I got my own so I could figure it out and I helped him with his. And, and so I'm working, figuring out WordPress and I, I, I freelance. I'm, um, as an administrative assistant. And so um, one of the people I work for, she's got a web page and she does it on Wix. She Mm -hmm. had somebody create it, but now I maintain it. So I'm like, oh, okay. So there's another one of those things where it's like, okay, I I can help show people how to get started and figure it out and basically it's just all about watching youtube videos
0: that's how i do everything too it's, <laughs> i mean then it. we again back to the amazing world we live in you want to know something google it or youtube it and yeah. you get it you know it may and, take a little time but you're there
1: and some people just need that little push it's like here let me show you how you can do it you know it's like instead of giving you the fish i'm gonna teach you how to fish
0: yeah it's true. So I'll, I want to circle back. You you brought up something. I had one, one of the things I wanted to talk with you about here was allowing and removing blockages to receive. I mm-hmm. want you to share, because you talk about that in your book. Um, uh, tell us how you did it, what your process was to be a better receiver and a mm-hmm. better allower.
1: That has been a process. For so many times, I would be in like classes or counseling sessions or energy healing sessions and it would come down to well you're not receiving and I didn't even understand that at first and so I I finally I I decided that I really needed to allow people to let to help me and the big thing that ha- that really happened was I'm um, in a group called we thrive it's a women's social networking group. We're most, more social than business, but we're evolving. I'm actually the leader of it now. Um, it I'm was, familiar with It was yeah, created it. by yeah. a really great friend of mine and she kind of stepped back and I had another co-leader and she kind of stepped back and so um, now I'm doing it with a, another team of people. And we had this idea that we wanted to have, um, this was probably a year or so ago, that we wanted to do some service projects within our group to help our group members. And I piped up and I said in our planning meeting, oh, yeah, like everybody needs, like I would really need my garage cleaned out. So that would be a, something that we could do for somebody. And the leader at the time, Lori, she's like, okay, when are we going to clean out your garage? And I was like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I didn't mean my garage. She said, yeah, we're going to do it. And I tried so hard not to make that happen. I didn't put it on my calendar. I didn't give anybody any you information. Thought it just go away? I thought it would go away and it didn't. <laughs> And so I will tell you that day, seven women showed up in my garage and the things I needed cleaned out. The a good example was the first box they picked was all of the stuff from my wedding.
0: Of course, the bouquet, right?
1: the napkins. You know, I am never gonna do anything with any of that. My daughter, I'd already had a talk with her. My daughter's not into stuff. So she's not attached to any of that. So it was like, yeah, let's let's get rid of that. And You know, my husband and I collected shot glasses. And Lori says to me, do you still collect them? Nope. Do you think somebody else could benefit from having those? Yep. (laughs) So I sat in my garage floor and said goodbye to all of this stuff and just allowed them to clean out my entire garage. And that was the most amazing gift. Not because my garage got cleaned out, but because I realized that I'd let them do something for me that was just their time. And since then, I've started doing a lot of volunteering on different committees, um, working on one for the Idaho Youth Ranch now, Why Women and Shoes. And what's beautiful about that is I realized that I may not be able to give monetarily the way I want to, but I can give my time, and that's valuable. It is. So I not only learned how to receive, but I also learned that I could give in a way that I didn't realize was possible. So I'm still working on the receiving.
0: I, I think we all are. And that's why, you know, where, where I'm at, at least that I see, you know, in my own life and in general, I think it's like all right there in the receiving. And you know, I, I think our inability to receive keeps all the good from us and it's our own doing. And that's why I really, you know, loved that section of your book where you have were kind of forced to receive and what a great opportunity those friends I mean that's that's huge
1: oh yeah oh yeah that was it showed me so much and and it was good for them too so
0: um what what are some are you are you still um do you have some ongoing practices to keep you in receptive mode or or continue that process or do you just is it just the awareness that you need to stay in that zone It's
1: the awareness. And for me, it's opened up. I believe we're all mirrors for each other. And so it's allowed me to see the mirror when I see someone else that's not receiving, which is all the time. Not only does it help me, you know, point out to them maybe that you're not receiving, but it points right back to me that I'm not receiving. So it's huge awareness on a daily basis of where I'm not allowing people to help me and in just realizing when people offer that by me telling them, no, it doesn't feel good. I was at a, um, it was, uh, America function. And we had this, we were at uh, a seminar and we had these stickers that we were giving out to all of the service people that helped us like the bus drivers, just to thank them, to say, you're great. You know? And I went to give one to, um, one of the bus drivers and she's like, no, no, thanks. And it was like, oh, and my director, Denise, um, she was right behind me and she's, she's also amazing. She's a you know, Denise no, and and she's, she's led me through most of this path. And she says, how did that feel? How did that feel when she didn't receive what you wanted to give her? And I was like, it didn't feel good at all. So just those daily reminders,
0: yeah. And that is a great, um, like you said, the mirror showing you how you do or how it, I do or how anyone does when they don't receive. It's all mirrors. <laughs> yeah. It's huge. Well, I, like I said, an, another, that's just another, I think, good section from your book where you talk about that, you know, allowing and receiving your good to come to you because I do think we block it so much. We block a lot. Yeah, it's, it, I just wanted you to touch on that, and I think that's great. Um, and well, you also talk about you know the things that came up for me that I kind of got from that. You talk about the self worth. You talk about being deserving. I think all those things are tied in, you know, to allowing that to come in. And so, just a great part. The other thing I want to ask you is, tell us about the stages. You talk about these three stages of. You call it the stages of growth. Oh, um, what is that from and where'd you get that? What's I up with that? I
1: love that. I learned that. I've heard it from several different people, but it's one of our We Thrive principles. Is it? We okay. have five principles that we talk about. And so it's there's actually four stages. And it starts out, you are unconsciously incompetent. You don't know what you don't know. From there you go on to becoming consciously incompetent you know what you don't know. Then it goes to conscious competence. Now you know what you don't know and you know how to do it. And eventually when you do that enough it becomes unconsciously competent where it's just a habit.
0: I love that. I, and, I'd never heard oh, of yeah. that before. I think it was great. It is
1: so amazing. I have a good example of that. Um, this this committee that I'm working on um, for the Idaho Youth Ranch, Wine, Women, and Cheese, is a huge gala event. And last year was my first year on the committee, and I had never even been to the event and I went to the first committee meeting and I was just overwhelmed because my committee was key to the closet and we were responsible for gathering donations. You know, like we wanted to get a whole closet full of merchandise worth over $10,000 that people we could raffle off. And all of the people were talking about on the committee were talking about, you know, the connections they had, the people they knew. And I was like, I don't, I don't have that. I don't know who I could ask for something like that. And I almost stepped down from the committee because I was just overwhelmed and felt like I wasn't worthy of being on the committee. And so our next committee meeting, I mentioned that to one of my committee members and she's like, what? But you got the binder, you got the notebook, you got the list, you on top of all it. I don't know how to do all of that. So my organizational skills, that was, I was, I was I was actually to the point where I was unconsciously competent there and I had no idea that that was even a skill because to me, or possibly I'd become consciously competent by that point because, or unconsciously competent. I think that was it. That's more of it. That's more of an example of the unconscious incompetence stage. I don't know how I got to there. I'm not going to go into all that. Right. But the point is, is that there are certain things that we just do that we think are no big deal. I like to call those our superpowers.
0: I, I think that's awesome. Well, it comes back to the, the self worth and the dessert. You know, we always looking outward, thinking, "Well, I don't have this or that or this." We don't ever look what we do have or yes. our superpower. I love that word, yeah. superpower. That's, <laughs> one my, that's one of my favorite words too for for human beings. Um, so you kind of had a realization of that mirror thing, right? And yep. you're like, "This is my gift to offer this group."
1: Yeah. Apparently, I'm good at it.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it takes a team and it takes a village to make things yes. work, and everyone has to. Show up with their in their best way and with their superpower. Absolutely, and it's like you know, wonder twins unite kind of a thing, <laughs> you know. And it ha- happens. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Um, so that's that event is coming up, or it's in it-
1: May, May fifteenth, I believe. It's a Wednesday in May. Tickets will go on sale March fifteenth, I believe, and um, you can already order tables. Table sales are already available.
0: I've heard of that. I I think I've had friends who attended that in the past. It sounds like a great event.
1: Oh, it's so amazing. And it's, it's there, there, there are some men that attend it's mostly women. However, um, I think that they may have one of the things just to segue a little bit about the Idaho youth ranch, because people think it's just the, the stores and the stores are just a way, the stores are just a tool for them to help provide jobs and to help, you know, mostly to help provide jobs for people. But what they really do is they work with teens, teens that don't have, and kids that don't have, maybe don't have a home or maybe their home environment for some reason, they can't benefit from it. And so they give them a safe place and they're working on this, their new ranch is going to be out near Caldwell. I don't know a lot of the details, but it's um, equine therapy. For some of the kids that have been through a lot of, a lot of things, so there's so many things that the Idaho Youth Ranch does. Yeah, like behind the scenes things, right? Yeah, Yeah. and and people just think, oh, I I shop at the thrift stores. It's it's about so much more than the thrift stores,
0: right? They I I don't know all of the behind the scenes, but some of them, and I do know they do a lot of good in the valley. They do. They have Hay
1: House, Hayes House.
0: I get confused with
1: the publishing company, but it's 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 a, a home for kids that don't have another place to go. And it's, um, I got to tour it and it's just amazing Mm. what, um, what they're doing for these kids because a lot of us don't realize that some of these, some kids, a lot of kids don't have a really good family environment at all. And we take that for granted.
0: That again is another eye opening, humbling experience to, like you said, tour a facility like that or go to see someone who has way less than you do. And it's like. I'd have got nothing to complain about,
1: right? My, um, so my daughter right now, she's actually in, there's another great program. Um, it's through the Boise rescue mission. It's the city light new life program. And it's like a one to two year addiction recovery program. It's faith based and it's probably one of the most successful out there. And having her, I remember one point in time before her, second arrest when she was back into her addiction, not knowing how to set that boundary and, and I was enabling her because I didn't know what else to do. She's like, I'll just go live on the streets or live be homeless. Well, there are a lot of a lot of things out there for homeless. Oh, people you mean support system.
0: Support especially yes. in our town yeah, I, our I'm, community I'm aware of that. is
1: so amazingly generous. And the um, Boise Rescue Mission is completely mm-hmm. um, Community based. It's, I mean, funded. It's no government funding at all. They, I don't think they can have government funding and be faith based.
0: Right. And I know, you know, I don't think the uh, Reverend, what is it, Roscoe? Roscoe, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he wants it because there's a lot of, some strings that come attached yeah. to that too. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, I'll do it my way. And, they, and they're and they successful. They are successful.
1: Yeah. You and, know? and that, and it, it is because of the, it is because that they they're they're, they're faith based and you know they're everything has a higher power and i could go on a totally different tangent about how i feel about that cuz i think it's so much bigger than everybody believes but mm-hmm. but having a higher power
0: well and i i agree i mean that's why aa works and that's why he's doing successful because the thing of it is i think what happens with with human beings is when we are cut off or cut ourselves off from our divinity from god source whatever you want to call it We're kind of hosed yeah, because we have no more pipeline of all the good stuff and our higher being and our higher self and all that. So, yeah.
1: And it's all about that connection. And so
0: you've seen that too then. Oh, so much. The miraculous changes that come about.
1: Miraculous. I see miracles every single day.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, and that's one of the things and you like, it sounds like you've seen some of these. People, maybe even in your daughter, that have cut themselves off and, and kind of wander in the desert, so to speak. How's she doing, by the way? Amazing.
1: She's um, finishing up her internship, and then she'll need to get a job, and then she can graduate. But she's done, she's done fabulous. She's had setbacks. You know, her, her addiction is a, a really tough one. Heroin is hard to, to beat. And um, she's tried to self-sabotage, but the beautiful thing about the program is they've not let her, and they've not given up on her.
0: That's awesome. That's so good to hear. So yeah. she's she's doing well. She's That's doing awesome. She's doing fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Um the other thing I was going to ask you is uh, the the um the healing after you're so you again finding the identity again. Do you have any like processes or, um, you know, because it sounds like that's kind of was a theme after your husband passed Mm -hmm. and your daughter and you kind of had to turn in and kind of get to know yourself. Do you do any like daily practices or rituals or is it just kind of a as time goes by, you're just knowing yourself more and loving yourself more? That kind of a theme.
1: It's it's not daily ritual. I, there are certain things that I'm working on spending more time. I, I fully believe that when I do, I know when I do start my morning off with a morning, um, just meditation and focusing, um, that my whole day goes so much better. Unfortunately, what actually happens is I wake up and then I'm just boom, boom, boom going. And, and I, I can tell the difference. So I'm not doing what I know I want to do because I know it's not like should. I hate the word should. Um, I know how I feel when I do that morning ritual meditation. Um, so
0: much better. Uh, I do too. You so know, So much better. Yeah.
1: So I like to encourage people to do that. But a lot of it's just um, being aware and allowing comes back in because with grief, there's there are stages of grief but it's not, they don't go in stages. They, they're hit and miss. And I fully believe that it never really goes away. You just develop ways of dealing with it more. There will still be times, a lot of times it hits me when I'm driving in my car and out of the blue for no reason at all, I'll just start, I'll just start crying. And so what I do for that is I allow it I allow it and I kind of try to step back, connect with my higher power and just watch my human because that's a human function, the grief, and I honor it and I allow it to happen and I don't judge it because when we judge things, we block it. So just being aware and allowing it to happen and sometimes it'll happen when I'm with people and I'll just look at them and go, I just need a minute. I'll be okay. Okay. You know, and then kind of go through my process, the process I go through of stepping back outside of myself and watching myself from a movie standpoint. um, I got that from a book called The Untethered Soul. That's a great one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's I like to recommend that because it's it's that process in itself. I find that even when I'm home alone and I can go, you know, there's nothing to stop me from wallowing in that grief. If I go into that process, I probably cry for a minute. Whereas I could go on for hours and then I would make myself sick and not do any good. But by honoring it for that, by honoring it, it stops or it, it just it doesn't take the time. It still happens. But I think time as a concept we think things need to take. We need to to mourn for a certain amount of time. And so I'm also, I'm, I'm working on a project, um, coming up here where I think I might be able to start help through another friend of mine. She's one the one who on my book trailer, she did the testimonial for me. Her, she's another author. Her mm-hmm. name is Karen Nielsen and she and I are working towards getting, um, uh, a widow support group chapter oh, that's here. Great. There, here is there,
0: town. is there not one? The modern
1: different? widows club doesn't have a chapter in, um, in Idaho, And so Karen found them and she's been in contact with the people, but she's only been a widow for a year and they want the people who start the chapters to be widows for longer. Well, I'm coming up on four. So
0: I wonder what they're thinking is there. I, I, I don't see a connection between time and. Yeah, and,
1: there is. Because is that so? it's it takes a while it's taken me a while to be able... To, the first year, I was in a fog. Oh, there is okay. a... It, it's actually a physical... The I don't know if it's the neofrontal cortex, some part of your brain that makes decisions. It it stops functioning when you go through a crisis. So it can happen to anybody, but it happens to widows because that's a pretty traumatic crisis. And so I honestly... the And the fog... My fog lifted after, but it took over a year for the fog to lift. And I honestly would that's part of the reason why i stayed at home i would go to the grocery store and be standing in the middle of the grocery store and say i don't even know what i'm doing here and walk out
0: thank you for educating me on that that i i did not think about that that makes perfect sense yeah, so they want thing. people to have gone through that sp- stage and get past it before they can I think so I haven't
1: actually spoken to anybody this is kind of all Karen's Karen's running with this and so I'm just along for the ride with her which is fabulous when you have friends that you can connect with and, it's fun to team and partner and yeah, up, yeah yeah collaborate with so
0: that's so awesome well I really appreciate you coming by and sharing your your journey like I said I'll link to your book in the show notes and on, on the YouTube channel at uh, youtubecom phillips and we'll put all that in there. Um what else do you want to leave us with here, Ronnie?
1: Oh, I'm prepared for that. Okay, <laughs> so I I really I I believe in just kind of letting um things come through. And I I just want for me I was told at one point in time that I was a messenger And I think that's what I am. I don't really know where that's coming from, where my, where people are, are, where I'm going to find people. So as far as, you know, writing books, and I would like to get out there and speak to people because I never know where the person is that's going to hear my message. I often used to wonder why cashiers at the grocery store would just start spilling their life story to me. And now I get it because there's a reason because I have a message for them and it's not my message. It's divine. It's God. And so I guess I would just like to leave everybody with just let go and connect with your higher power and stop trying to figure everything out and judge by how you're feeling. You know, if you're thinking of, if you're not feeling good, what thought are you thinking and change that thought because we are that powerful. And, um, This isn't as tough as we make
0: it. It's absolutely true. I I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Well, Ronnie, thank you so much, and I look forward to sharing this with the audience. Thank you, Mark. Well, what'd you think? Pretty great, right? Before we wrap up, I just want to remind you that you can find links to all the resources we talked about in the episode, including links to... Ronnie's book on Amazon, her Facebook page and her YouTube channel. You can find those links and show notes at gmarkphillips.com. You can search for episode 101, Ronnie Ketchum. You can also find all of this information on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash gmarkphillips. I put all those links in the show notes there. And last but not least, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast and want to do that, you can subscribe on any of your favorite podcasts platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course on YouTube. So I want to thank you for tuning in today. I really do appreciate it. And I know that Ronnie does too. Until next time, all the best, health, wealth, and success. Thanks so much.